There we go. Forgot how to do it. <laughs> it's been a minute. How are y'all? I'm doing great. I'm just vibing. <laughs> vibing this. Summer. No thoughts, just vibes. No thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I am also vibing. Good, good. It's a Sunday morning. Nice and chill. Just ate some biscuits and gravy that were very, very good. Homemade. Oh, you're making yeah. me hungry. Stop. <laughs> I had a piece of coffee cake for breakfast. I made coffee cake last night because when I was home, I had coffee cake that was amazing and I got the recipe from my family and it is indeed still amazing. Dude, I love coffee cake. It's so good. <laughs> I like coffee cake until half of the coffee cake inevitably ends up on me instead of in my mouth. It is the pastry equivalent to a Nature Valley bar. <laughs> like <laughs> it's this the one live, is actually relatively version clean. of a Nature's Valley bar. <laughs> How have y'all been, Aaron? I feel like you're the one that like went on a just travel, just left us for for th- three months. So three, I was home for like a week and a half. <laughs> That's it. I'm good. I'm back. That's it. How was it? How was Cleveland? It was good. It was hot. I took Crouton. He enjoyed it. He did not enjoy the car ride, but he enjoyed the trip. (laughs) The car ride there was fine. The car ride back was less fine. Did you put him in a cage or did you let him just like... I had him in a carrier because God forbid if I got in a car crash, if he was not, he would become a projectile. (laughs) I mean, Jesus. am I wrong? No, you're not. I mean, no, you're not wrong. But. I mean, it, it sounds like uh, based on his home life, he's kind of used to being a projectile. I have no <laughs> recollection of what you are talking about. You know, you got, someone got Twitch banned for throwing cats, you know? I, I don't know what kind of stuff you're trying to pin on me. <laughs> Be glad this isn't a video. Po- a, a video. <laughs> I, I I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> no video yet. Or maybe ever. We'll see. Uh, um, David, congrats. I don't know if you want to talk about the, the house or if yeah. not, I'll just cut this part out. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the housing market craziness has been a part of the world that I wish that I was not dealing with. I We had been looking at houses since like February, March, and um, just everything that we looked at was either severely overpriced or was going, was listed correctly and was going to be seriously overpaid for Um, because people were like saying like, all right, well, this house is 180. I got to offer 205 to be competitive on this house or, or, or leave like $10,000 $10,000 in due diligence money. And like, we just couldn't, you know, we we're first time home buyers. I'm a freaking teacher, you know, <laughs> like I, we just, I, we couldn't afford that. So we just happened to stumble upon the perfect situation where the sellers were looking to get rid of the house uh, or the town home quickly. And we were like, we're here, we're flexible. <laughs> we got you. And they're like, deal, done, do it. So um, it was just a lot of um, right place, right time, and didn't have to pay over list price for it, which is what I'm really happy about. <laughs> nice. Do you have to do any of the lawn care? No. Gotcha, gotcha. The lawn care is included. Uh, we get water included in the um, 
with the neighborhood. The only thing we don't get is um, is cable and internet, and I don't really use cable anyway, so we'll just probably do some kind of internet package. So I have started listening to this. It's called Hand in the Dirt. It's a gardening podcast about college football, and I have gotten very, very into the – it's like three dads talking about their lawns for two hours, and I love every second of it. So I was going to say, if you are getting into the, the gardening game, it's Hand in the Dirt is solid. It has Michael Felder, who played uh, football Carolina, so – but they talk so they're they're they talk about their lawns and football. Yes. Huh. Interesting. It's very fun. They talk about putting pests on like where would you put a raccoon on a football team? It's a great name too, Hand in the Dirt. Hand in the a, Dirt is a really good one. Great name. Mav, I want to talk about your suit fitting experience. Cause I feel like it was very different than mine. Because I also feel like it was very different than mine. <laughs> I feel like we need to maybe invest in Josephine. But the problem is we haven't even got to the real part. I have to get alterations for mine because I'm not a threat because I'm a member of Thick Boy Nation. So well, I mean, <laughs> getting alterations is pretty standard just because people are always like somewhat in between sizes. Yeah, um, <laughs> and also like pants. When you order pants, they you need to get them altered because they don't come hemmed. Yeah, luckily it, it was some, it was very much like something to laugh about. I've always just thought about like <laughs> it always harks back to the the Hangover when Alan's getting fitted. <laughs> have you all seen the Hangover? Yes, yes. Anyone who have he snaps at the guy who's doing stuff. That's what I felt like. <laughs> but no, it was it was just, it was funny though. It's it's all good. Because I like the I like the shoes. By the way. I didn't even get nice. to see the shoes. One second, please. They were just like, you have a nice pair of brown shoes. And I was like, no. And they were like, okay. So I also had, I was wearing like my boat shoes and like, we need to try these on. I'm like, well, I probably need some socks. So, Hey, looks, let's get some socks. So I, I was wearing ripped I think, them off the rack and put them on. Um, so I am 90% sure that they thought that I was a high schooler or some sort of child. Because there was a customer in the store who was like, you're lucky it's not prom season. And I was like, excuse you, I went to prom like six years ago. (laughs) Although, to be fair, I was wearing a t-shirt, athletic shorts, and neon yellow Converse. So I don't think that really helped the whole image. I mean, my person was very complimentary. She's like, when's the wedding? And I'm like, September 18th. Oh, she's like, oh, you're... (laughs) <laughs> you're really good at taking initiative right now she's like we have dudes walking in here like uh i need my tux fitted and and i need to buy a suit and like when's the wedding uh it's about six hours from now <laughs> oh my god she's like you're really ahead of the game i appreciate you like, i appreciate you too <laughs> all right let's see those shoes uh i so the shoe box is right here and i opened the shoe box and it was empty um, so I don't know where the shoes are. <laughs> I get well, them after you got the you got about four months to find them. I was so, yeah. say, two like, months, two months. I had to try months. on one that was a size bigger, so I didn't. I don't have mine yet. I'm gonna. They, I had to get my basically my entire tux part. We're not tux. I keep saying that my entire suit and the shoes shipped in. It should be coming in the next couple of days. So when I went, the dude looked at me. And he was like, so your pant size is this and your jacket size is this. I'm going to check just to make sure, but I'm pretty sure. And then, like, I tried on everything. He was like, 
yeah, I was right. Cool. <laughs> I just <laughs> took it off. And I was like, okay. Apparently, my dude is a suit wizard. Uh, we have a we have a sorcerer in our midst. They also, for me, did not have any of the product. So I tried on like sizes, like products of everything, and everything's arriving in a week. Except I have my shirt. Cool. I do have my shirt. It's still folded in the little package that they gave it to me in. But I'll take care of that eventually. Do you know what shirts they're selling in Phoenix right now? Suns in four. Yes, they are. I mean, it's been a good series so far, but I mean, even going back when Giannis got hurt in the Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, I think that definitely scared, uh, spelled some worries for the Bucks, even though they, they won, what, game six um, against the Hawks without him, but he was not 100% game one. I don't think he was 100% game two either, and it really showed. Yeah, and he still put up 42 points. And still put up 42 with points. With a bum knee, and you could tell it was a bum knee. This Suns team is really good. I I mean, no one pays attention to the Suns during the regular season because why would you ever do that? But I, I, I was between them and the Jazz, I always felt better about the Sun because the Jazz are like a few years ago at least. Uh the Raptors West, where it's like, yeah, they're gonna be good in the regular or, season. Or also like the Nuggets from a couple of years back. Yeah. Where it's like they're good, but they're gonna they're gonna slip up somewhere. They're two years away from being two years away. So there's a game tonight, and we don't know how it ends. And this podcast is not going up before that game happens. But let's say the Suns wrap up this series by next week. Is it time for Bud to get up out of there? I'm biased because I just don't like him. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't like, I don't like the, I don't like, this is going to sound really bad. I just don't like how he looks. He just like, is really like, like he does the cookie cutter speeches. He doesn't make great adjustments. Like he just looks, he His looks. His hair, whack. His foot yeah. stance, whack. <laughs> he doesn't even like the smile, whack. <laughs> His facial expressions in general. <laughs> I, just, I don't I don't remember who tweeted but someone said that Mike Budenholzer looks like someone who went to the casino and has like their life savings bet on whatever poker hand that, that he's currently <laughs> has out. Like, like that's what he looks like. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought in some ways that I, if Milwaukee lost, I really thought Rick Carlisle was going to take that job because I, I felt like that was almost like a perfect fit for him. But then they made the finals, so I didn't know. But I don't know. Has someone ever been fired for after losing a finals? I've... I mean, um, not after losing the finals, but the Raptors fired Dwayne Casey after winning coach of the year. They did do <laughs> like that. Weirder to be fair, LeBron happened. broke him. Yes, yes. He has a habit of doing that to coaches. <laughs> yeah. I'd say he – yeah, I think it'd be really tough to still fire him even if they get swept or whatnot because they'd have to at least give it one more year to say if, and if they don't go immediately back the next year, probably then. So do we like Chris Paul now? Is that what we're doing? We like Chris Paul now? I, I guess the narrative has changed. It has been like a complete 180. Even like, though he hasn't changed, he's still doing Chris Paul things. Well, he hasn't done anything. It's all about that sweet, sweet narrative. Like, I've always thought, like, he is <clears throat> one of the top five most talented point guards 
like ever, ever, ever. One of the top, I won't even say talented. He's one of the top five point guards ever, in my opinion. Um, and you felt like he deserved at least one. And I think that this is his chance. I think Giannis, you know, I think Giannis will end up getting one. Um, this made, this is a, this, this reminds me of, of, and it's not, it's going to sound sacrilegious to Aaron, but it reminds me of like LeBron James versus the Spurs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Bron dropping 40 carrying team lose to the Spurs by 10, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, I think that that is a, I, I mean, on the surface, yes, but they had very different supporting cast surrounding them. Correct. I mean, Giannis has Chris Middleton. Uh, better than that Cavs team. That Brooke Bron- Lopez. LeBron had Zadrunas Ilgauskas, <laughs> Anderson Verajao, Danielle Marshall, and uh, Daniel Gibson. Booby. Booby Gibson. Booby Gibson. It's not. It's not the. It's not like a one to one ratio, but it just. I'm just saying it reminds me because like. Giannis is going to get 35 a night. He's going to get eight boards. But the the Suns, man, like did, y'all saw that possession where they were just like, it was just like a scramble possession. And they still ended up with a dunk and one. And you're just yeah, like, they had like 10 different passes, which was you, a really good defensive possession. Like you can teach that. Like this is how you rotate. This is how this is how you're supposed to do it. And the Suns were just better team basketball in that moment. I just don't understand how you expect to beat Cam Johnson. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great to see a Tar Heel getting praise in the NBA Finals. Bro, the new king of the fourth. <laughs> he's he's burning them, bro. Like he's gonna be the guy. He's now the guy that when they do all the I'm a Tar Heel things at the Carolina basketball games, he's gonna be the one that gets the loudest cheer out of any player. Everyone was laughing when the Suns took him at 11, and he's sitting in the corner still draining. Except three. for Kobe White. Kobe White knew. Kobe White. He knew. Which, I don't know if this is a good time for this transition, but it's crazy how a, uh, how a dude burns us with his team and comes to Carolina. <laughs> and now, another guy burns us with his team and is now in Carolina. It's almost like it's an audition. Yay. <laughs> so that was a wonderful uh, segue, but I'm going to hold off for one second and then you can say that exact thing again in like three minutes. Um, I didn't know Aaron, you brought this up. Uh, does Kawhi have an ACL right now? Hell if I know. <laughs> I know that he his leg fell off. Again. He, potentially. <laughs> uh, they were like, he's getting MRIs and we haven't heard about it in like a month. Yeah, I think the last thing I heard is that he was getting his doctors to check it out versus the team doctors because he doesn't trust the team doctors after what happened in San Antonio. I was about to say, it sounds eerily similar to what happened in San Antonio. And so it's it's just starting, I don't know, something seems fishy about it to me. It's just weird. That's like not the exact same thing because I don't think that Kawhi has the ill will that he had uh got in in san antonio up to that point but it's the same sort of deal is like i don't trust these people to heal me the way that i should be healed which is valid it's 
apparently that's how Tom Brady is still throwing touchdowns to 75 years old, but. I just, well, I think that in that scenario, Kawhi needs to learn blood sacrifices, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. Kawhi needs to learn human transmutation. <laughs> he needs to get a hyperbolic chamber like LeBron uses. He's got he's got a what see what he needs to do is he needs to try and bring someone back to life with the transmutation circle so that he can see truth and open the door and get all the knowledge and then turn into Edward Elric. That's actually why Kawhi looks the way that he looks all the time, which is like a stone face is because he's seen the truth of, of transmutation. Anyway, um nerd jokes. <laughs> Uh, let's go back to um to Cam Johnson getting towards David. Yeah. So I just think it's funny how Cam Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny how Cam Johnson <laughs> uh, torched us with Pitt, had a little audition, and then transferred <laughs> to Carolina, and now uh, our our new friend Dawson Garcia torched us with Marquette, and now he's coming to Carolina. So it's like, and I think Colby tweeted this too, how we're becoming the villains of college basketball. Where like, it, oh yeah, mean, becoming. becoming <laughs> well, I don't think about the villains, but I know that a lot of other people are like <laughs> tar holes. Well, um, I was playing that forty chess, uh, scheduling that Marquette game. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, torching our team has turned into an audition. So watch out, NCAA. So. Overall, I think it the 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 bigger conversation of this is what it's been what just over three months since Hubert Davis has been hired as Carolina's basketball coach, and when it first started, we had the the, the whole saga with Walker Kessler. We have Roy retiring. We have just the overall uncertainty when Hubert was hired. I think the excitement was certainly there, but it's like has never coached before. And um, what is his recruiting pitch going to be like? What is his new scheme for college basketball going to be? Uh, and it seems very uh, clearly now that he's definitely looking for versatile big men who's not necessarily posting their uh, back to the basket and such that can stretch the four, shoot the three, hit the mid-range jumper, and modernizing Carolina basketball a little bit. And so, boy, have they really been able to find what they want and get them on campus and ultimately get them in a Carolina basketball uniform. Because uh, we had we've had three commitments. Uh, since Hubert Day or four commitments, including Will Shaver, since he's been hired. I mean, that, what a turnaround that really has been to be able to secure that kind of talent so quickly after getting hired and without still coaching a game. Yeah, well, I think that it's just showing how important it is in this era of college basketball to have a player's coach. I think that Hubert, Coach Davis, is near the epitome of a player's coach. Mm-hmm. So I think we already had touched on Will Shaver because he committed right after his official visit right. in, on June 2nd. And then a couple of days later, we had a visit from Seth Trimble from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, the uh, point guard, six foot three, 185 pounds. Uh, overall, had a really great visit. And he ultimately committed. JP Tokido's little brother. Yep. The yes. big storyline it's JP Tokido's brother. Uh, JP was on the visit with him and he actually silently committed on the visit to Hubert. I will um, say 
the first like 10 times I read his name, I thought he was Mellow Trimble's brother. Oh, yeah, me too. I think I don't uh, think a lot of people had that same uh, kind of connection that they have made. But it uh, seems really great, too. Like the, the, our new point guard of the future. I think right now he's like in the 30s of 247's rankings. Yeah, um, he shot going, up after um, when the new rankings came out. Oh, yeah. Um, and when like in evaluations of him, he's like he's the kind of person he plays at his own pace. He's very calm, calm cool and collected when running the point. Uh, he does, he rarely ever gets out of control. However, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the, the branch, I guess, from the tree because it's his brother, <laughs> because he has almost the same level of athleticism as JP does. Um, is not afraid to yam it down on the folks, uh, but he's been described as having like a runner, a running back physique, like running back in terms of like just that bulldog getting the basket. So maybe like a Joel Berry comp, uh, which oh, I'll take Joel any Berry. day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I I am cu- like not curious, but I feel like that was the first recruit where we were like. If he doesn't get this recruit, this will have been a recruiting failure, in my opinion, right? Because, like, we were all like, everything's in line. J.P. Togado's brother already likes Carolina, is familiar with the program. Like, if he doesn't come here, I don't know what happened, you know? Because, like, I don't know. We were desperate. Like, now, in retrospect, it would have been fine because – you know, with getting Dawson Garcia, getting, uh, you know, it coming up, we got Jalen Washington. Yep. Um, the first Jalen that we have ever gotten. Got, got him. No. We were the only team in the history of college basketball to not have a Jalen. Unconfirmed stat. But, um, you know, after the Walker Kessler thing, I mean, I know we were all uneasy. The whole fan, but fan base was uneasy just because we're like, we don't know how this is going to look going forward. And like, I should have known that Hubert's like charisma, like natural charisma and personality and, and, and the fact that he looks like he genuinely cares about the players, like that will bleed through into recruiting. Um, And I feel like that has kind of shown itself these, this past week, week and a half. So, I mean, after we get trembled, then, we, I think Dawson Garcia, we even had discussed Dawson when we had our pod talking about transfer targets. And we were saying that he wasn't in the portal yet. He ultimately did leave very late in the process because he was weighing both NBA options and college options, either returning to Marquette. He was also, I think, looking at Illinois, Arizona and such. Um, and so he ultimately visited and committed to Carolina basketball, which I thought was a really huge deal. I think uh, we can get in the overall conversation of what the rotation now is because he's going to be playing. He's going to Chapel Hill now. This is not a next year sort of deal. He will be on the team this year uh, with immediate eligibility now with the, the whole transfer portal stuff. Uh, I just think the the really neat thing was, I mean, there's another thing where there was a pre-existing relationship because Roy recruited him in 2019 and all signs point to the fact that he was strongly considering, if not was ready to commit to Carolina. He was scheduled an official visit. And then one Walker Kessler took his official visit <laughs> to Carolina and committed on the visit. And then it effectively ended their uh, relationship, at least in terms of committing just because they play the same position. He's six foot 11, um, almost the same kind of archetype too, where he's built as that, that shooter um, 
kind of big that can stretch the floor and stuff. So that, that, that whole term will become a lot more familiar, I think, over the next couple of months. So I think it's kind of weird that it almost feels like it's a way of course correcting or such because he was going to come to Carolina, then Walker leaves or commits, then Walker leaves, and now he's, he's taking that spot back. I think it's uh, – did you all watch that video that uh, the Carolina basketball on Twitter posted uh, about that first practice, the first official practice? I have like, not yet, but I heard oh. that Hubert's speech was incredible. It, it was. Is. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was touching on when I was talking about how he, like, obviously, like, his charisma and, like, how he, he really truly cares. Um, it reminds me a lot of how, like, not to – I'm not comparing myself to Hubert Davis. It, it reminds me of, like, how I, I teach, like, band. Like, I'm always, like, I'm going to keep it 100 – I care about you a lot, like, uh, you know, ha- talking about, you know, having to genuinely care about something, about being emotional, meaning that you actually genuinely care about something. Uh, like, all of those resonate heavy <laughs> with me and my personal philosophy on how I live my life. So I was just like, you yeah. the let's man. find a brick wall and let's run through it. Yeah, man. So, I mean, this whole time we, there's been these checking off of these boxes. So when he got hired, when is, when is he going to get his first transfer? Um, Cause he had mentioned that was one thing he was going to hit hard early on. So then he gets Justin McCoy and Brady Manning. When is he going to get his first call uh, high school recruit? You get Will Shaper, Seth Trimble. Um, and then you get the Dawson, Dawson Garcia. And then the, the, one of those unchecked boxes, when is he going to get his first five-star rated recruit? And so that comes to the next one. I uh, got Jalen Washington. 6'9", forward from Gary, Indiana. Uh, And so, I mean, I think the 22 class is really rounding out to be really well. I really like Jalen's jump shot. It looks, it's pure. And he is not afraid to hit the mid-range number, hit the, hit a three, hit threes and such. But he also can put his back to the basket as well. Again, going back to that versatility in the bigs. And so I think the big, biggest thing is whatever Hubert's selling, these recruits are buying into and i think that's a really positive sign going forward now i mean you we still have to see what the execution is on the court uh but i can't help but be incredibly excited for what hubert's done in this short amount of time and it's kind of it's like it's an a in my mind in terms of what he's been able to accomplish so far so looking at the depth chart this is courtesy of brendan marks on twitter at guard we have caleb love rj davis anthony harris demarco dunn Wings, we have Leaky, Justin McCoy, Kerwin Walton, Dontre Styles, and Puff Johnson. And Biggs, we have Armando Baycott, Darson Gar- Garcia, and Brady Manning. And Keyshawn Silver. <laughs> and, and Keyshawn, Keyshawn. Silver. <laughs> so, yeah. We went, from, we went from, I don't know what next year's going to look like, to how are we going to get all these guys' minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we have 12 players that honestly could be on the court at any given time. And so I'm not sure if this is just what it's going to be like in the transfer portal era where uh, you just have to hoard as much talent as you can so that you can at least have something should several of them leave and you at least have something left over. Um, I'm not sure if that's a sustainable model, but at the same time, it, it always helps when you know that you have guys uh, that can come in and, and be difference makers and such. So that was honestly what what was one of the surprising things to me about the Dawson Garcia recruitment is that we had already got Brady Manick pretty early on. We had Justin McCoy. I mean, I would say they are both more solidly fours 
than fives, whereas I, I think Dawson could e more easily fit into the five spot and be Armando's ba uh, backup. But I think the main thing was is he was playing almost 30 minutes in his freshman season at Marquette. And so uh, one of the big talking points is like, why would he as, – even if he liked Carolina, why is he coming to a place where he's most likely not going to get the same amount of minutes uh, and such to – especially if he has professional aspirations or whatnot. But it seems like Hubert's system is the sort of thing where – he believes that he can be able to utilize the bigs and make them more effective in less minutes. It's not necessarily the minutes, but what, how they will be used in those mm -hmm. minutes, because we, we Carolina has plenty of, of stories of people who have come off the bench who have never started a game and were first round draft picks in the NBA. I would point to like Marvin Williams to Tony Bradley, anything like that. You see your little, you see your little and such. So it's definitely something that's possible. Uh, I think the big thing I would say the person might be impacted the most is Brady Manic, and I feel somewhat bad for him. And I'm not sure if it's the sort of thing like he's only here, here a year anyway, so it's not like we we can like step on his toes a little bit. Uh, but I do think that it's a but solid. But he's going to play. He is going to play. There's whispers that like inside the team that Dawson might start at the four now because he's coming. I, I would feel worse if Brady loses his, his what was his expected starting spot. If he loses that, uh, I, I would feel a little bit worse. Is Brady too big to play the three? I I honestly would really be interested in seeing Brady at the three, Dawson Garcia at the four, and Mondo at the five. At I least can in see one us lineup. doing that against like Florida State. Yeah, no, I don't think he's. Or I don't think he's Syracuse. against playing the three. He's like six eight, six nine, but I mean that's three really big guys and. I would say it depends on the lateral quickness. On I, I'm and, more concerned on defense because on offense they'll be able to stretch it out. On defense, I'm worried about him being able and, to stay in front of. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Is that I, I would say Dawson. I think they're both not plus defenders, but like I would say Dawson is might be a little bit more. But lateral quickness is an issue apparently with both. And they said Dawson is still just a little bit better with that. And so that I think is one of the main concerns. And there, I would say. Brady is a little bit more traditional in terms of when it comes to like within the paint, he can shoot threes, but once he's within the arc is a little bit more traditional than Dawson is. So a little bit more limited offensively as well. Mm -hmm. Dawson Garcia at six eleven is the tallest person to shoot 35% or better in college basketball last year. I mean, that's but, a good time. And like I said, it's still a positive thing. I, I will take it any day and such. I mean, I'm particularly worried more in that wing area. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine like Huff and DeMarco and Dontrez getting minutes at all this season, unless they, they just absolutely show out and practice. And that's scary because, again, within this transfer portal environment, they could just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere else. Well, I mean, we think about like how like how – typical it is for freshmen in in the traditional college basketball model before like you know you know this and like like your freshmen would naturally get less minutes and then as the one and done era kind of expanded then you get the Kentuckys the Dukes where like the freshmen are now the centerpiece of your team but I don't think Carolina has ever been that I still remember when Joel Berry was getting like mints like not a lot of minutes or like when Theo Pinson could barely get on the floor or you know like you know like 
if they, it, I feel like Herbert will do a good, or, <laughs> Herbert, Herbert, <laughs> Herbert, Herbert. <laughs> trust me, I feel like I've heard Herbert several Davis. analysts call him Herbert, so you're not alone. I saw someone on Facebook today call Armando, Armando Baycock. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think that uh, Hubert Davis will uh, do a good job of convincing uh, uh, kids that their best interest is to stay and develop. Because the playing time will come, like it will come, like you know, God forbid injuries. People grad, like Manic will be graduating. I think, I mean, Leaky's graduating next year, right? I would assume so, unless he takes his extra year, right? So you know, it's you know the the playing time will be there, and I feel like we like we we're good on guards, and I feel like we're good on bigs, but I feel like that three spot has the most potential for like that three four spot has the most potential for like wiggle room and and like rotation. Um, like I know Armando is our best option at the five. I know RJ and Caleb are probably our best option at the one and two. Or you say you know Caleb started the one, Kerwin started. The, I, I forgot about mm-hmm. Kerwin. Yeah. Kerwin will start at the two. My fault. Um, but you know, RJ and Caleb will rotate at the one. Um, I feel like that three, four spot is still kind of like, you know, I think we got to spend the first part of those, that season of, of the season with kind of those like early season, Roy Williams rotation lineups where we're like, mm-hmm. what, what are you Scientist doing? Scientist Hubert. <laughs> yeah. So when Armando takes his first break in, we'll probably have Brady and Dawson together. Are we going to see a five out? We could. I, we we were running five out last year, like we were running five out stuff with um with Dayron at the top of the key. Yeah, <laughs> pass, it's it's going to take some getting used to, I think. But I, in in at least one thing from Hubert's video is he, he really went more into his ideology on space is that when you have the people out, the you need the spacing to be able to showcase your talent. So for guards, you need that spacing so you can do dribble drive penetration, get to the basket. For bigs that can shoot and such, you stretch the floor as well, and then it opens up all the lanes otherwise for passing, for movement otherwise. So, I mean, that's certainly – it sounds – it's still, I think, at its core, Carolina basketball, but I do think it is a more modern take on it. Mm-hmm. I also think something that we haven't really mentioned – I mean, I guess we brought him up briefly, but the thing that I think ex- excites me the most about the composition of our current roster – is that God willing, we will not need to rely on Leaky Black to do anything this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. have I you think... been on the Inside Carolina message boards? No, <laughs> I do not use Inside Carolina. So but I guess the point that I'm making is that, anything, sound that like will, anything that we will get from him at this point is just gravy on top of the whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, think so the you most sound important like him because there is some, some serious hate for Leaky. Like, I don't hate him. I just think that if we are counting on him to be one of our best players this season then that is a concern yeah we don't have to rely on leaky yes yeah we can lean on other people and let leaky be leaky and i feel like that's the that's how we get the best leaky when we don't have to rely on him forcing things which he had to do a lot the past two years yeah i mean we got some shooters now at least on paper so yeah and, every, so, and with Caleb, expect to get better. Uh, with the bigs having more like freedom to be able to create their own shot. So I mean, it, yeah. it's definitely a positive thing. I mean, is it too early to do like our expected starting lineup? 
I think it's a little too early to do that, but it's not too early to talk about the ACC Big Ten Challenge that just got announced. Um, Duke is not playing Maryland at College Park. Those cowards. Um, not Duke. Uh, the the league offices that decide who plays who in the <laughs> Duke's ACC cowards Challenge. too. Yeah, Duke too. Um, I, why why take them out when you don't have to? Uh, they are going to be playing Ohio State. Uh, while we are playing Michigan. Um, seems like we're about to be playing Michigan every year for the foreseeable future. I don't know if that's true, but it feels true. And Hunter Dickinson is coming back, so we're going to get Armando versus Hunter. Oof. That's going to be fun. Hunter Dickinson's really good. I like his game. So. I'm probably going to be going to that game, too, because my cousin, who goes to Duke for graduate school, uh, went to Michigan for undergrad, so he wants to go to the game, so we're going to get tickets. Nice. Yeah. As long as they're not exorbitantly expensive, which I don't think they should be because it's a non-conference game. So that's this year. Next year, they announced the Jordan Invitational, the inaugural Jordan Invitational, which is another one of those early season uh, play a good team sorts of invitationals where we're going to be playing either Michigan, Florida, or Oklahoma rotating every year in Charlotte at Spectrum Center. I want to go to that game next year. Yeah, that's a that nice sounds, trip to Charlotte. That sounds really fun. Y'all, Lauren's job, literally, her job, Spectrum Center is the next building over. Really? <laughs> so I'm going to be like, babe, take me to work so I can just sneak over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the owner. We went to school together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how long do you think until Caleb Love gets an endorsement from the Calm app? From the Calm app? Yeah, he said that's how we got um that's how he relaxed last year. He said he, oh, <laughs> he used the Calm app. <laughs> Armando's the first endorsed athlete from Jimmy's famous seafood. Yeah. It sounds so weird, but it's also kind of fun. Well, I mean, they've been a really big, they've always been Carolina fans. So, yeah, I think it fits. Well, I'm just saying, like, the endorsements in general. Like, oh, like yeah. we had the NIL that was officially passed on uh, uh, the regulation sport on J- July 1st. And so, I mean, athletes just out of the woodwork just started posting stuff like, hit me up for, for stuff like that. At I think the big one. <laughs> I mean, it was like that same day Bonix announced a partnership with Milo's Tea. And I was like, this is really fun. Did you see that apparently every athlete from the U is getting sponsored by that one place? They're all getting like $5,400. Yeah. Yep. That's totally not, 100% not a payroll. Not a payroll. They're just all individually endorsed. <laughs> I um, am family friends with a women's soccer player who apparently is now a barstool represented athlete and yeah. uh dave portnoy said if you can breathe then we'll sponsor you i and so saw... you just put barstool in your bio allegedly and they just send you a couple free shirts a year or something of that sort i heard that they weren't going to allow that really with barstool specifically because they're so closely aligned betting. with betting interesting so that they were they were gonna step in and say yeah you can't work with barstool hmm. that's interesting 
I hadn't heard that, but I also haven't kept up too closely with it. I saw this the like announcement this in the morning or like last night. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I was getting clarification on it because I didn't know exactly like what kind of rules were. Because the thing I was thinking of, but I now know that you can't do it, is I was like, what if the the shoe brands that the schools have partnerships just it just uh, sponsor each one of their players, but I think that is one of the specific things that they cannot do. Uh, I was like, because what's the difference, honestly, at that point? I feel like that's going to change, mm-hmm. honestly. I think that's going to change very quickly. I think that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't think the NCAA it, – it, it's becoming increasingly clear that the NCAA doesn't want those problems. So – I mean, my thing too is it's probably going to, I think it'll first hit the fan is when a player will get a shoe deal with one that's not partnered with their school. Yeah. That's when it's really going to hit the fan. When somebody gets like a Puma deal. Yeah. They're throwing out that money. They're throwing out money. Yeah. Nice shoes too. Like as far as like, I was not expecting Pumas to look as well as they did. Um, Now, and I mean, honestly, I think it, it can become a new part of the of, of a recruiting pitch. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't exit, or and this goes back to Dawson. Actually, is that one of the big selling points? There wasn't uh, reportedly like an exact figure that was uh, given to him, but the presentation on what like the Chapel Hill area has offered, just the overall Carolina brand and the opportunities that it can offer. Um, it apparently was one of the big selling points for him because he has these pro aspirations. So if he's in that in-between, he at least wants to start being able to have some opportunities to generate revenue uh, for himself. I mean, I do think overall NIL, I, I can see it one of two ways. I see it can either benefit smaller schools because then the player doesn't necessarily worry about where they're going as long as they're making their money. But at the same time, I feel like the bigger programs with the bigger brands probably have more opportunities to offer on top of the pedigree of their programs. Yes. So the schools can't um, guarantee that you are going to get a deal when you yeah. um, when you can't facilitate the, the deals either. I don't think. Right. But I, there's technically nothing stopping them from saying if you sign, there's a very good chance that uh that you're probably going to get an NIL deal. Um, you mentioned something else, and it's jumped out of my head. What the small the player going to a smaller school? No, it wasn't that. Anyway, we can keep going. It must not have been that important. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I definitely. I mean, I'm not sure what the exact limitations are. I mean, there, there's, there's always going to open up problems when money becomes involved. I think the big thing is like Mac Brown talked about in his press conferences, make sure your play becomes before your money because it's your play. That's going to earn you that money one day mm-hmm. um, and to not let that get in the way. I mean, it's, it's again, one of the things again with the whole sports betting stuff, but there, I'm sure there's going to probably come at least one time where there might be some point shaving and, uh, it might not be maybe highly covered or in a, in a big game or something like that, but I feel like that's always going to be something that comes into play, things like that. Anything else? I feel like we'd cover a lot. We have. It's been a while, so we've saved them up. What yeah, is the, so was, I was, I forgot. What did, did, when did they schedule the NBA draft for? Do you all know? No clue. It's at the end of this month, July 29th. So it's like about a little over two weeks away. Cavs have the number three pick. I'm going to be happy with whichever of the top three we end up with. 
I Dallas has know. zero picks because we trade them away for pointless <laughs> assets. I just want to sleeping on the calves now, but when we get Jalen green, y'all are going to be silent when we go 37 and 40 something. <laughs> um, I, the only thing, the only storyline in the draft that I was kind of like relatively been keeping up with is like where Dayron is going to fall. Um, just because he was projected low first, early second last time I was checking and, um, he got invited to the combine obviously, but declined or left. Yeah. He got there and then he left. So he, I think that we were, our understanding was that he probably got some kind of guarantee from some team, um, because I felt like he had some ground to make up, but I mean, if someone's willing to take him in the first, I I don't understand why he's projected low first. I don't think he would fall to the second. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's just because he's more traditional. He does not have a jump shot. I would say compared to what they are wanting from a big now in the modern NBA. I think that's what's going to his motor and his rebounding is without question. His, his biggest strengths. Well, he could be like a DeAndre Ayton type. Like, I mean, he's got the, the touch for it. He's got the strength. He's got the, the the capacity to hit jump shots, right? We saw that at Carolina. Like, he can hit those 15-footers, 10-footers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as long as – I mean, he can still space the floor. He's not a liability on offense. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I, I would love for a team like Dallas that almost is completely devoid of a big like that. Uh, but then that means we have to trade more picks, and I'm tired of trading picks that, <laughs> that end up with zero assets. So we are back next week. Hopefully NBA playoffs are wrapped up because I value my sleep. <laughs> I don't like staying up until 1130 because I am an old man. Then after that, we're going to hit that big lull where there's really not much going on in the sports world outside of baseball. Purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> so we aren't going to force it. We're just going to. We'll have the greatest summer sport. Big brother. Oh, yeah. America's fifth major sport. You can guess what the other four are. Fun fact, one of them is bowling. Uh, And then we're going to come back uh, right before football season. uh, Talk some previews, college football previews, NFL previews. But after next week, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Just because, why not?